So has anybody ever had a job that was not the right job for you? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, amen. Got amen. Several hands up, right? Just wait. It's probably coming for the rest of you, especially those of you who are younger. Okay, that's the me part in this. I want to kick this off by telling you a little story about a job I had one time. And since this, since that job, and and uh, I, I've I've said many times that that uh, the, since then that the hardest job to have, I think, is a job where you've got all the responsibility to get something done but you don't have the authority to get anything done. You know, I was assistant manager of Captain D's when I was a teenager. Assistant manager of Captain D's, okay? And it's not as glamorous as it sounds, okay? Uh, And, uh, you you know, one of the things I loved, I loved a lot of the things about it. I loved the teamwork. I loved on Friday nights when the line was out the door and then there were eight guys almost you know, elbow to elbow that we're really just working and, and pulling it all together and getting the food out. I, I, I love that teamwork and, you know, and, and, and providing that. I just the, the way everybody worked together or, or maybe even for lunch sometimes and, and when it wouldn't be a big crowd and just people, people coming in and, and hearing the, hearing the, the uh, customer actually give the order and, and being able to have everything and pull it together and, and get it to them as quick before they even walked away. I love that kind of stuff, you know, just, I even love cutting the fish, you know, and just getting that, that perfect diamond shape. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but the perfect diamond shape and, and, and in way of making sure that they, they were hitting it right on the target. <coughs> I loved all that. A couple of things I didn't love were, one was when you can, counted up the hours that I worked, I was basically making a little bit more than minimum wage and, you know, 60 plus hours, not even any overtime, you know? So that was a little tough to take, you know? Sometimes you'll work the job that you love for that. But the other part of it was, I didn't have any authority. I didn't have authority to fire anybody, to uh, send anybody home early, to, to uh, you know, dock their pay. About the, about the only thing I could do is if somebody wasn't doing their job, I could go be a tattletale to the manager next time I saw him, you know? And some, you know, for most people, that still is enough authority. You know, most people, just knowing that I'd tell the manager on them, it would be enough. But I was low man on the totem pole with Captain D's here in Birmingham, so I, I was different stores, you know, just where I was needed and that kind of a thing. And so I would occasionally run across that lazy one here or there. And if that, you know, if a lazy worker knows you don't have the authority to do anything, it is almost impossible to get them to do anything. I'd send somebody back to sweep the place three or four times and still there would be crumbs on the floor afterwards or send them to wipe something down and it'd still be dirty after they wiped it down two or three times because they just knew. So you know what happened? Not having the tools that I needed, I got frustrated, you know, and I realized pretty quick, you know, this was not going to be a long-term job for me and I started looking for another job, right? I said, now that was some, you know, most of that was not, anything that I had anything to do with. It was just, that's just the way it was. But sometimes, sometimes we do certain things and we end up in the wrong job or doing the wrong things because of that. And this is where Miriam and Aaron were. So in a lot of ways, the same thing, except that it was chosen for them. Let me remind you who Miriam was just a little bit. Miriam was the oldest of three siblings. And that verse right there, we've got a lot of verses of scripture here today. And all over on the Sunday's page, if you go there, you can click on the link, read them all. That verse right there says that Aaron was three years older than Moses. 
And we know the second thing, since uh, uh, Miriam watched baby Moses in his basket hiding place, we know that Miriam was a good bit older than both of them then. So she was the oldest of three siblings, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. And she watched Moses when he was being hidden because Pharaoh was trying to kill all the male Hebrew boys when they were, uh, when, when they were born. But then in Exodus chapter 15, when, um, when God delivers Israel out of Egypt and they just barely get on their way, Pharaoh's like, I've changed my mind. I want them back. And he sends his army out to get them. And uh, God ends up destroying the armies uh, of Egypt. And I don't know if it was the whole army that he sent out there and was destroyed, but the chariots and, and the horses, God ends up destroying them in the Red Sea. And so the Israelis get to the other side and they begin worshiping. And there you see this, uh, Exodus chapter 15, you, you can read the whole thing. They, they sing this song and Miriam, she's the one that steps up and actually, she's like the worship leader that day and she leads the worship, this long song that is there and they sing and sing and sing and, and sing this worship song and she is the one that is doing that. So, so, so seeing this and seeing the way this happened makes me feel like part of the rest of the story with Miriam is, is that she had not just an ability, but a passion for celebrating, for worshiping and for leading in that way. And, and so she did that. And then we also find in Micah chapter six, we think about Moses a lot. You know, he's the leader, got him out of Egypt. We think about Aaron a lot, but Micah chapter six, verse four says that God gave that God gave three, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, that she was one of the leaders that God had given to Israel. So, I mean, she was, she was not just somebody that led a song one day, she was a leader. You know, and, and so, so all this good was going on in their life. All, all this was pretty amazing. But, now you know, in your life, there are good buts and bad buts. So, you know, normally when everything's going good and there's a but, then it's a bad but. Or when everything's going bad in your life, but God shows up, that's a good but. You know, so when things change, that's either good or bad. Well, since it's a, after all of this, it's a bad but. It's a bad one. But Miriam questioned Moses' authority. And you know who answered? God. Now, a lot of times, most of the time, it is an awesome thing when God answers, right? But not here when you're doing what's wrong and God answers. When you ask the wrong question and God answers, it's not a good thing. Here's what, here's what God did. He, he gave her a skin disease, and for seven days, she had to leave. And I, and I think, well, man, the justice of God in this is because she was wanting more authority. She was, she was questioning Moses' authority and challenging it. She was wanting to be more involved and more authority. And, and so God God just made her have to leave the, you know, leave the camp, leave and be outside. She wasn't even there for the discussion. When she came back seven days later, she didn't even know what they'd been talking about for seven days. Just the justice of God and how God did that. Now, here also, I think we'd look at this and say, well, she got jealous. And I think that's what we do a lot of times. We read the story, we say that, but we miss the rest of the story. Jealousy doesn't grow in a vacuum. There is something that jealousy grows out of. And when, when Miriam asked the question, and, and when she, she and Aaron, and, and, and really the, if you look at, look at there in the Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, I'm talking about Hebrew scholars that have said this, it's really Miriam asking the question. And she asks, why does Moses get, basically, why is Moses getting all the attention? We're all leaders. Me and Aaron, we're leaders too. Why is Moses? So what that tells me is that she has now something that she was so passionate about, her leadership 
she has now made a recognition thing. Give, give me that second, uh, th that next slide there. When you begin doing what you are passionate about, simply just for recognition, you'll destroy the passion. And I've watched so many ministers do this, and I'm not just talking about preachers, ministers in all areas, that they begin with such passion and want to and desire, but then, you know, I mean, the, the, if two people showed up, they had preach every Sunday. But then, you know, something begins to happen. Maybe, maybe uh, some success happens, and people say, man, you're getting to preaching better and better and better. And all of a sudden, they say, yeah, and they start thinking about the recognition. They start doing it. Instead of for the passion, they do it for the recognition, and they destroy the passion. Don't lose. Listen, there, there's a lot of things you can do in life, but the things that you are passionate about, hang on to the passion. Don't destroy your passion, which is... Don't give up your passion in order to gain recognition. That last point there, don't do that. Don't lose the passion because the passion is the thing that drives you. You know, recognition is something that's going to be here today. And, you know, you all clap or something because maybe a good song is sung or, or, or a good statement or point is made in a sermon and, and you clap. But, but what about tomorrow? And tomorrow you sing the song and no one claps. Recognition, you know, will maybe take you through a few moments or whatever but your passion will take you the rest of your life. Don't lose your passion that you have. You, you, you've, you've got to see the importance of your passion. Okay, let me hurry on. So let's talk about Aaron for just a moment as well, okay? Remind you who Aaron was. He's, he's the brother in between uh, Miriam and, and Moses. First of all, he was made a prophet by God to assist Moses. Now, sometimes I think we read, in, in Exodus, and God says, Moses, I'm going to give you Aaron to help you. Aaron's going to speak for you. He's going to be an assistant. He's going to be like an associate pastor or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But it, it is so much more. Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 said, God made him a prophet. You know, God didn't just put him beside Moses. God says, I'm going to put words in your mouth, Aaron, and when you speak them, amazing things are going to happen. Mir this is, miracles are going to happen. This is what God said he was doing for Aaron. And then we, we see where, where Aaron is, is just tremendously uh, honored and, and given high regard. And, and the scripture there in Exodus chapter 28, I mean, there are so many I could have put down there. But the reason I chose those three verses is right there in the middle of it, God says, I want you to do this to Moses. He says, I want you to do this so that, so that Aaron is, is, is seen in dignity and in honor. God was doing some of this on purpose, and, and he was the very first high priest of Israel, and his sons and, and, his, and, and his lineage, they were, they were going to be, God was giving them the privilege of being the high priest and being the priest of Israel. I, I mean, he, he had great honors bestowed on him. In Numbers chapter 16, great story, dare you to read it. If you're reading in the, in the Bible Project with us, you read it with us about a month ago. Uh, if you're not, I dare you to go to the Sundays page, click on that link and read it. A great plague was happening, lots of people in Israel. Israel were dying, and God, God had Aaron run, and he actually, he actually ran out to where the people had died, and, and he was standing between the, between the plague that was there and the people who were still alive, and he was interceding for them, and God heard, and God stopped the plague, and, and, and the Word of God actually says he stood between the living and the dead. That, that, that God gave him this honor to call upon God to intercede, and God stopped the plague. 
Amazing stuff. Uh, and he was confirmed by God. Now, after all of that happened, why in the world would he still need to be confirmed? Well, because people were still asking the question, you know, and they were still challenging Moses' authority, and they challenged Aaron's authority as well. And, and, and so God says, I, I, I'm going to put this, I'm going to settle this, put this to rest here tonight. And so he, he, said, he said, get all these 12 leaders. Aaron was one of them. He said, get, get them to get their staffs and bring it. They brought it to the temple. Uh, they brought it to, to the tabernacle, and uh, they, they put their names on Everybody put their name on their staff, and they left it there in the tabernacle. And the next morning, everybody else's staff was there, but Aaron's staff had budded, had blossomed, and had actually produced almonds in one night to, to establish. And God did this miracle to prove that, hey, this is the prophet that I have chosen. This is the one, and he confirmed him by this miracle. But, okay, that's a bad one, isn't it? Because all this good is happening, right? And so I'm saying, but just like Miriam, Aaron wanted Moses' place. And he wanted Moses' place. And, and I, I believe, this is another part of the rest of the story, I believe that it was several times that he wanted to be in Moses' place. Maybe he had gotten tired of playing second fiddle to little brother. I, you know, why did he want it? Why did he want it? Well, there's, a, there's an even underlying reason, I believe, even deeper than I necessarily want to go, here, go right here just yet. But one of the things I want to remind you of is that there was a time Aaron actually created a God. You remember that? When, when Moses went up to the Sinai and the Israelites said, hey, we don't know where God and Aaron, Moses are right now. And Aaron said, okay, give me your jewelry. And he made a golden calf and they called it a God. Aaron created a God. You know, he, you know, he obviously didn't create a God, but he created a God. Why would you do something? Like, he's got all that, that on that previous slide there. He's got all that happening in his life. Why in the world would you need to create a God? You know what happens? Sometimes we aren't big enough for ourselves. We want to be a little bigger than we really are. Mm, amen or oh me, right? Get off my toes, preacher, right? But we do. And, so, and many times we create gods out of the stuff, you know, the, the stuff that we do with our lives, with our passions, with our abilities, our talents, our gifts, our callings, and we create little gods out of it. Sometimes we'll even create a God out of ourselves that we'll take, we'll take what Miriam was doing, going after that recognition, and we'll, we'll, we'll get so pulled into that that we'll even make gods out of ourselves because we want people to worship us. And at some point, this is what Aaron had done is Aaron, Aaron was beginning to, he was beginning to want life to be bigger than it really was. Well, the solution to that is not to create something that really isn't. If you want life to be bigger and more than it is today, let me tell you the solution as to what you do is going to be found in your gifts, your passions, your calling. It's not to just make, it's not to make a facade of something that really isn't, it's to actually get serious about your gifts and your callings and your passions. The last thing there, don't. Never, I'll never forget the awesomeness of your own personal calling. I think that's what Aaron did. I think Aaron forgot. I think Aaron forgot how awesome his calling was. That he stood in the presence of God. That he made intercession for the people of God. And he forgot. And you see, here's, here's the thing that if you're not careful, you'll do. Is, is if, you, if you don't, if you don't understand the importance of your, your gifts, your talents, your, your passions. If you don't understand those, you will begin to forget the awesomeness of the calling that God has given you. I fully believe 
that, that, that you, every one of you, you, you are in a place, so you have a certain personality that, that there are people in this world that only you can probably reach. I believe that. I believe that, that God has put you in places, maybe in, at your work, at school, maybe in, in the community or somewhere, that there are people that only you can reach. And you know, when you understand that, when you understand that, you, you need to say, whoa, wait a minute. This is an awesome personal calling that God has given me. And, and there are so many other things that you are called to do besides that as well. But even that is such an awesome, don't underestimate, never forget the awesomeness of your personal calling. But here's what I believe was behind both of them. Miriam and Aaron both losing their way and their gifts and their passions and their calling is they began to back off. They began to, they began to back away because there's no reason that Aaron would need his life to be bigger than it was unless he started backing off. There is no reason that Miriam would trade the audience of God in heaven for the recognition that she was asking for unless she had started backing off. And it scares me to death whenever I hear somebody says, I'm gonna back away and take a break. Because when you take a break, that, that's almost never a good thing. Now, when you back away from one thing to go in another direction, because hey, passions change. I used to be extremely passionate about music played three instruments somewhat, you know, not a virtuoso at any of them, you know, sang, led, led choirs and those things. I, I used to be really passionate about that, but life changed and my passions have changed, you know, but, but still, you know, you've got, you've got to hang on to those passions, those gifts and those callings. Don't lose them. Don't give them up for something else. All right, let, 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 me, let, me, let me slip into this next area of, of the message here. Have you ever heard the old saying, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life? You ever heard that? Or something close to it? It's, you Google it on, you know, online and you'll see it written a lot of different ways. Some people say Confucius said it, but they're really not sure. But somebody said it eventually the first time and everybody said it since then. But you know, that's, that's kind of my story about Captain D's. You know, and it really was, Aaron and Miriam's story, except they kind of messed it up by backing away. You, you got to stay with, you got to stay with what you're passionate about. You got to stay with what makes you get up in the morning. You got to find that thing. I mean, one of the things we say around here is everybody ought to attend a church they brag about. I mean, if you're not bra if you don't say, man, let me tell you about my church. You know, if, if you don't want to be here, you know, then there's something wrong somewhere. You know, either something wrong with us, the church, or there's something wrong with you and your heart and your passion, and, and, and you find that place that says, no, this is it, then, then jump in and with all your passion, with your gifts and your abilities, you, you do those things. Because when you don't operate in your calling, your gifts and your passion, there's a lot of bad stuff happens. Let me, let me, I got a long list up here. Let me show you some of it. Um, when we do not operate in our calling, there is confusion, there is competition, and there is jealousy. Hey, this is 20 plus years of pastoral, lead pastor experience speaking here. When people do not operate in their gifts and their callings and passion, there will be confusion, there will be competition, and there will be jealousy, okay? I've pastored long enough to tell you that is a fact. It's gonna happen. People get self-centered 
When you aren't doing what you're called and passionate about doing, all of a sudden things aren't working like, and working like they should. And so instead of looking to do what you're supposed to do, you start looking, oh no, what's wrong? What's wrong? And you start looking inside. You get more and more self-centered. When we don't operate in our calling, uh, frustration grows, which leads to exhaustion, which leads to burnout. You ever heard of burnout? Let me tell you who doesn't have burnout. People who are working in their gifts and their passions and their calling. You know those people in third world countries who are working 18 hours a day and you ask them, don't you ever get burnt out? But man, they're, they're making a difference to the passion of their heart of what they're wanting to do. People, people with passion don't get burned out. People who are operating, uh, operating their gifts, they don't get burned out. They don't get burned out of that way. But when we do not operate in our calling, resentment builds, you start resenting everybody else's calling. You have a disdain from maybe nobody's called. Maybe nobody has any gifts. And you will even begin to despise your own gifts. Because what happens when you start out, stop operating in your gift and things aren't working, you have that gift that's pulling at you. You have that passion that is pulling at you inside. And you don't want to hear that anymore. It's like your mom asking you to take out the trash again and again and again and again back when you were a kid. Remember? You, know, you don't want to hear that anymore. You don't want to hear that. I don't want to. When you stop operating that, you'll even get to the place, if you're not careful, where you despise the very gift and passion that used to drive you. And we begin to work in our own power. If you're not operating in your passion, your gift, your calling, you are not operating in God's power. You'll be operating in your own power, which will lead you to frustration, exhaustion, and burnout. It means something important isn't done. If you have a calling, then that's something important that you need to be doing. And so if you're not operating in your gift and your calling, then something important isn't being done. And the other side of that means that you're probably in somebody else's way. Because you're not doing the thing you're called to do, you're doing something else, and you're probably in somebody else's way of them doing the thing they're called to do. And so because of all this, ministry, volunteering, whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing with our life, does not get our best effort because of all this junk. But you know what happens when we are operating in our gifts? Glad you asked, let me tell you. Okay, here, here's what happens, is there's fulfillment. Fulfillment, and, and let me just go ahead and say, fulfillment and peace and almost always success. When you are operating in your calling, there is, there is fulfillment, there is peace. And, and let me tell you, there's time, there are times that at the end of a, at the end of a service, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really just beaten up. It's like I just know people that have needs and I just, I just want them to open up and I want them to take the, take, take the, doors down and, and just let, let God step in and for them to connect with God and for awesome things happen. And, and it doesn't happen. And, and, I, and I'm just like, you know, God, I don't know why, but, but, but when I've done all I can do, when, I, when I've operated in my gifts, when I've operated in my, you know, in my calling and when I've passionately done everything I can, then there's a peace that that's all I can do today. And I got to leave the rest to God. There's a peace. There's a fulfillment. And almost always success. Maybe not success the way the world should, but there is almost, almost always success when you're operating in your gifts and your callings. There's teamwork. There's collaboration. That's why I love Y'all seen the video that was posted on our Facebook page just uh, maybe about a month ago of, of the setup that happens every weekend here? You know, see that video? And, you know, everybody running around like ants. Okay, they don't move that fast, okay? But uh, they sped it up a little bit. But man, I love that. I love seeing the teamwork. Hey, this, this is not a church where five people do everything. No, this is a church. We are. 
<coughs> we already have more than half of our people are actually doing something for God that we know about. That's oh, crazy awesome thing, isn't it? But it's the teamwork collaboration. That's what happens when people are operating in their gifts and callings and thing, uh, amazing things get done. Amazing things get done when we're doing what we're called to do. Things fit. If life doesn't fit, things don't fit, maybe it's because you're not operating your gifts and passion and we're no longer working our power, we're working in God's power. And because of that, ministry gets our best effort, gets our best, gets our best gifts, gets our best calling, gets our best passions because of all that. We cannot afford to forget what it is that we are gifted and passionate about, called to do. And we cannot afford to forget why we do it. Let me, let me just give you some examples from right here at Church 2911, okay? All right. First one is a golf cart. Did y'all know we have a golf cart? Anybody ridden a golf cart? Anybody ridden a golf cart? Ten of you, you know? Hey, we got a golf cart out there. Ride the golf cart. Those guys are out there driving around, burning up the gas, so you might as well get on it, right? You know why we've got a golf cart? Because it's a cool thing. No, that's not why we have a golf cart. Not because it's a cool, even though it is a cool one, isn't it? A six-seater, you know, really really pretty looking, you know, you need to take a ride in a golf cart, okay? Just go stand under the awning after church and just wait for the golf cart to come take, take you to your car. You need to, you need to do that, okay? And, and we've got several, several guys, and they, they trade up to, to, to drive the golf cart. And, and you know why we've got a golf cart? Let me tell you why we've got a golf cart. This building is closed on Sundays. It is only open for these two church services, our two church services and Redeemer on the other side of the building. That's the only, and that's the only time it's open. And so all the doors are locked except for that front door for security purposes. You know, and, and that way they can also monitor who's coming and who's going because they don't want people coming inside doors and those things unless they, they want to know that it's people coming into church. And, and so when they had to close that hallway also. That's when we bought the golf cart. Because, you know, if you end up parking on the far end of the parking lot, then you have to walk not just over to the building, but to the far end of the building. You know, we, we want to do everything we can. You know, it, you may not think that's a big deal right now, but you, you may be the next one with a boot or a cast, you know, and I uh, wouldn't wish you didn't have to hop all the way, <laughs> all the way to church, you know, or, 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 you know, you may be not the one that is X number of years or whatever older and like you, you just wish. And it's really not any more steps, but you do have to go around the front, in which a problem happens when it rains, right? Now, rain may not be a big deal to some of you, but you know, if, if you get dressed to go somewhere and then you get soaking wet, I mean, you know, it's really hard to come in here and try to worship in the middle of everybody else worshiping when you are dripping wet, you know, and the rain is just dripping off of you, right? I mean, it would really, really be hard. And that's, so that's another reason for the golf cart. And, and listen, it's, People don't understand things that they don't deal with. And let me just tell you, rain is an issue for people. Rain is an issue for follically challenged people like myself, okay? Let me just tell you, this is how rain works on a guy with as few hairs as I've got on top of my head, is just whichever way, you know, you know after you get in the building, wherever you're going, just whichever way you kind of tilt your head, the raindrops just go from follicle to follicle to follicle and just itch your head, you know, until you finally are able to get all the rain. I, you know, those are things that are distracting. You know, so that's really one of the biggest reasons we've got a golf cart is to do everything we can to, to, to knock down the barriers for people to just walk in the door and start worshiping God. And so that, that's why we've got a golf cart. But you know what? If, if those golf cart drivers, 
You know, if those guys, if they forget that the reason that they do this is to, is to help people get here, you know, maybe that, that single mom that, that's got two or three kids that, they, you know, trying to hold all of them, but they can load them up the golf cart and bring them right to the front door, you know, or, that, or that, uh, that person who has maybe had an injury or that, you know, always has, always has uh, some disability to keep them from just getting there, that they can, they can get there a little easier. If they remember that, awesome. But if they forget that, you know what? They're just driving a golf cart. And that's what a lot of people think. Well, they're just driving. No, they're not just driving a golf cart. They're doing amazing work. Like, like the coffee, coffee team, you know, that coffee cart back there? You know, we, we, we don't pay somebody to come in and do this. We actually have volunteers here that do this. They get here early and they set it up and they make the coffee and they manage it throughout the services, make sure, you know, that, st- that we still have coffee there after service is over. They break it down, they clean it up, get it all ready for next, for next time too, for next week. So it's all ready. And, and you know why they do that? You know why? Because we need coffee in the morning. No, that's not why they do it. Not because you, they, they are part one of the one, the not one, the biggest thing I hear about 2911. When people tell me, let me tell you, this is the awesome thing about your church. You know what they say? The friendliness. And you know, that's part of it because what they're doing is they are helping create an atmosphere here. They are, they're giving people a reason to stand back there and talk, have a cup of coffee and stand back there and talk, to break down barriers so people can connect with one another. And, 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 and if the ladies who, who oversee that coffee cart, if they forget that they are part of building this atmosphere of connection and, 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 and friendliness, if they forget that, then you know what? Then they are just making coffee. Oh, but it's so much more than that. Like the greeters, you know, when, when somebody's had a bad week, you know, and they've got a bad attitude, and that greeter can extend a, a warm handshake and, and a smile and faith. They can change someone's attitude to help someone. I mean, that's the reason for the greeter is to help them. You know, you remember back a few years back when Walmart first got that thing started with the greeters, and it's like, man, you know, you just kind of felt good going into Walmart. It seems like somewhere down the road, you know, they just kind of forgot that was the reason for it, you know, and they've kind of almost going back to just being security people or something sometimes. But man, that's, that greeter can be the person who helps you just, just, you know, just a kind word, just change your attitude to help you be more prepared to worship God when you walk in the door, to, to, to be a buffer between the horrible week that you had. And if a greeter forgets, come on greeters, if you forget that you're one of your biggest jobs is to be that buffer to help people shut down all that negative that has happened all week or maybe even this morning on the way to church and to help them get ready for church, then yeah, you are just shaking hands. Oh, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? Like the Saturday load team. I I, I, want to call them the ninjas because they're the ones that they just show up and there's about 10 of them and they swap up. They're not here every Saturday and and, uh, maybe about one or two Saturdays a a month and they come and they unload. And most of the stuff on the trailer is is trailers are on wheels and they unload that. And, and, uh, you know, it may seem like, well, that's not a big deal. It is a big deal, but it's not just about rolling it. Listen, if you guys who are on that Saturday load team, if you forget, don't forget this. You're like, you're like modern day Levites. If you remember in the Bible project, we're reading about the Levites. You're like modern day Levites who are coming in and, and preparing and getting things ready so that everybody else can show up on Sunday and we can have church in the sanctuary. And if you forget that though, you are just rolling carts off the trailer. Or like kids workers, if they forget that they're introducing young hearts and souls to Jesus and teaching them, helping them learn about Jesus, and also helping them learn how to learn about Jesus, if you forget that, then you're just reading Bible stories and giving out hugs. 
If teen workers, if you forget that you are, you are actually impacting teen lives every time that you are here on a Wednesday night or an activity or whatever it is that you're doing, if you forget that you're doing that, if you forget you're impacting their lives and you're helping them get closer to God and grow deeper in their, their relationship with him, then you know what? You're just playing basketball and going rock climbing and eating pizza. That's a, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? Our community events team, and, and really when we have a community event, we say everybody's on the team, but we have a team that sets these things up. And, and you know what? If they forget and they lose sight, if they forget the why that they're doing that, if they forget that, that they are one of the biggest arms of helping 2911 actually engage the community, our vision that God has given to us, and, and fulfilling the great commission that Jesus gave to all Christians, if they forget that, you know what? Then they're just spinning popcorn and handing out free hot dogs. But it's so much more than that. It is so much more. And, 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 and let's say this one real quick, wrap this up. The worship team, if the worship team forgets that every Sunday they are leading this assembly of people to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then you're just singing songs. You're just playing instruments. But it is so much more than that. That's why we cannot forget our gifts, our passions, our callings, and why we do those things. Can I ask you to join me at the front, if you will? We'd like to close around front with a final song and a final prayer, and we'd love to have you join us if you're comfortable. First-time attenders, this is just what we do normally, and, and even if you're a first-timer, we'd love to have you join us if you feel comfortable. So come to the front. I, I just want to wrap this up real quick. And, let us sing another song and have another prayer. Want everybody take a step or two a little closer to me and let's get the people out of the aisles so they feel like they're down here and part of it. So listen, I, I didn't talk about your needs today, but if you've got needs, prayer team standing here. They don't stand here on, just on the Sundays that I, I, talk, I preach about needs. They're here every week. Ready to, ready to pray with you. Um, so please step forward in just a few moments and, and let us pray with you. But let, let, me, let me say something about this. These last few things I was just saying, you may say, well, you preached, you preached to all these people. You told them how they're doing amazing things and, and if they'll keep that focus. But let me tell you this also. Every one of those teams right there has an opening. They need somebody else. Probably most of them need three or four people on them. I know, I know what happens. A lot of times you come to a church and you say, man, it looks like they've got everything covered. Yeah, we got everything covered. We got some team players who are jumping in and doing what needs to be done, even though it's not their gift and their passion. And, and, and I'm telling you this because you need to be doing something that is outside yourself. If you are only doing the thing that blesses you and helps you, you're going to all those things, remember, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to get self-absorbed, self-centered. All those things are going to start happening in your life. Things aren't going to fit anymore. You're going to be working in your own power, and, and it's, not, it's not going to make sense. There's not going to be, there's not going to be the fulfillment and the peace, what you want life to be. And so here's one of the things I want to give you. Is, uh, there's, there's, uh, and I'll go ahead and say one of, one of our core values here. Just, just jump to the last screen. There, there it is already. But jump to the next one. Every, everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. 
If you'll go to church2911.com slash serve, you can look there and you can see all these things and you can see even more that I didn't have time to share of areas where you can jump in and begin helping, serving, serving and doing something amazing outside of, of your own life, something for somebody else that you can start doing right now. And our goal is to be, our goal is to be 100% that every one of you, if you're a 2911 attender, that you are doing something in the kingdom of God, serving. And most of you are gonna be serving somewhere like right around here maybe on Sundays or in small groups. But if your passion is something outside of that, it's not on that list that you see at slash serve that page, let us know. Man, we, we don't have a homeless feeding ministry, but that's what you're passionate about, let us know. You know, whatever it is that you're passionate about, you know, check it off there or let us know. We, we want to help you do because here's the thing, I know you are not going to have the life that God dreams you, has always dreamed you would have if you don't serve outside yourself. There's two, there's two things, two things that I think really keep people connected in church. In, in church. And the first one is connection. You've got, you've got to connect. You've got to connect small groups some way. You've got to have friends. Don't come in after the songs have started and leave before the last amen. You've got to connect with people and connect in a small group and all that. But the second thing is, you've got to serve outside yourself. If you don't do those two things, you're probably not going to stay in church very long. I mean, I, I, I can give you the stats from our, from our, own, from our own church body here. It's not, it's not gonna happen. You've got to do those two things to continue to stay in church because that's what the body of Christ does. We connect with one another and we serve one another and we serve those who don't yet know Jesus as well. So you've gotta do this. That's why I push you. Do that. Go to, go to that, go to that uh, uh, website today and just click one of those. I, I, I dare you to do it. You need to be serving. If you're not serving somewhere or you're serving, you want to look at something else, I dare, I dare you to do that today. So let me pray over you. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. And let me pray over you this morning. And let, let's, let's believe God to help fulfill us through the gifts and the passions that he's already called.